If you want to learn not just how to make money, but how to build wealth and earn while you sleep, this video is for you. In this episode of Founders Ascent, Gavin and I discuss The Almanac of Naval Ravikant, a life-changing book about the skill of building wealth by applying concepts such as accountability, leverage, and specific knowledge. Okay, BJ, so how is wealth creation a skill? Well, wealth is not just like spending your time to make money. In fact, that's probably the worst ways that you can make money. That's not how the billionaires have made their money. That's probably not how you should make your money. What wealth is, it's building up stuff where whether that's owning a piece of a business, whether that's having money that you're moving around and investing, but owning stuff that earns money while you sleep. That's really what you want. You, you don't want to have to trade your time for money because then you don't have any freedom. Like even if you have all that money, you can't do anything you want with it because you're still expected to be someplace wearing something for the nine to five. So really what wealth is, is it's a combination of accountability. Well, first, it's a combination of leverage, specific knowledge, and accountability. It's not about luck. It's not about anything else. And then that really forms up the skill that you need to have income and have wealth. And then after that, it's just return on investment. And it's building up over time, being consistent, leading up to um, acquiring massive amounts of money because it's not going to happen overnight. But if you're applying leverage, if you have specific knowledge, if you're accountable, over time, you will become wealthy and eventually you'll have so much wealth that you don't really need to work. It all can be fun and you, you're not trading your time for money at that point. You actually have more money than you have time and you wish you had more time to and could spend some money to get back some time. But that's not how it works. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, your inputs should not be closely tied with your outputs. And the way to ensure that that isn't happening is to have leverage. And we could talk about the kinds of leverage here. The first kinds we're going to talk about are capital and people. People, uh, Naval says, is the one that will impress your parents, but it's probably the least efficient kind of leverage you can actually have because managing people at times can get messy. And so going back to the book that we read previously called The $100 Startup, sometimes you want to stay small on purpose so you don't have to manage a bunch of people. But pe managing a team of people can help you. It is a form of leverage. It's essentially dividing up the work amongst people to make sure that you're not working the 100 hours a week, right? I mean, you could be, but that's one great form there. Capital is another one as well. This is how the Warren Buffett's the world became rich capital, which is we're talking about money here, essentially. And being able to manage money is a great skill to have. It's how the the previous generation was able to get rich, namely Warren Buffett. But it's not the the newest form of leverage. It's not how the the new billionaires are making their money. And the I think the most important form of leverage is going to be media and code because it's permissionless leverage. You don't have to gain the, the 
the permission of somebody else to use this form of leverage. With people, you have to get them to sign off and, and work for you, right? With capital, you may need investors to give you money, right? But with media and code, all you need to learn is the the language or the the software and that you can use to get your your information out there. And so having like a YouTube channel or something like that or having a software that you're selling can be great because a bunch of people can buy it at the same time, right? And and I think that's the the form of leverage that BJ and I are trying to utilize for sure. Yeah, and all of those leverages are going to be super helpful. The capital and people, that's difficult to acquire, but if you can, then those are still fantastic forms of leverage. Media and code... Yeah, better than nothing. Yeah, media and code, those, no one can tell you what to do. Like, no one can stop you from using those. And so they're great, but you sort of need to learn those and that can take time. But after that, they scale super well. And that really is what leverage is. Where leverage is the ability to magnify your uh, inputs into massive outputs. It's some exponential coefficients that's going to scale up whatever you do times 10 to the power of 10. Like to make it massive, massive, massively more impactful. That's, uh, I mean, we can talk about how like F- Facebook and Amazon and Google and all the biggest companies, they use code to scale up processes that, oh, rather than having to go to the store, we'll use code to make it much easier to do it online. We'll use code to make it easier to rank websites and find what you're looking for. And then they combine that with the media of sort of just the ability, the, the network effects of the platform. Every user on Google, Amazon, or Facebook adds value to Google, Amazon, and Facebook. And that's not quite media, but that's the idea behind why media is a good form of leverage. It's, it's the connections. It's the fact that if one person hears about me, they can share it with their friends. And if two people hear about me, then there's twice as many friends they can share with. And it's just an exponential growth of a network where if you build your brand, more people and more people will become aware of it. And then over time, that will scale into a really strong where you sneeze and you make money like Mr. Beast. Like literally, he could sneeze, come out with a company with a box of Kleenexes and it would sell like crazy. And he would come up with some clever name, but of course he would, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like that—that's the power of media and a brand is the fact that some people can sneeze and they'll make money. Code is also super powerful. I don't think anyone doubts how powerful code is. I mean, yeah, that—that that can magnify your own productivity in addition to everyone else's with great software tools. I mean, how much more productive are we with Google or ChatGPT? then we are without it. Like, massive magnifiers of productivity. And then, and so that's really the best definition of leverage we can provide is just something that will magnify what you do several times over so you don't have to trade your time anymore. That's the importance of leverage. You don't want to 
you, you don't want your time to be closely tied to your results. You, you want your results to be independent of how hard you work because that's when you can make money while sleeping. Yeah. And, and like the, yeah, go for it. Uh, the people that think the, the lawyers of the world are going to become extremely wealthy, I think are wrong because while lawyers still can make a solid amount of money, their inputs are greatly tied with their outputs. They could be making something like $500 an hour, which may sound really great if you're comparing it to your job at Target where you're making $15 an hour, but they stop working, they're sleeping, laying in bed one day, they get sick, they're not able to make money, right? And the other people that have utilized code, that have utilized capital people, the, the types of leverage that we've talked about so far, those are the kinds of people that are able to make wealth while they're laying in bed, while they're sick, while they're out in the Bahamas on vacation, right? And those are the positions that you want to find where you're able to utilize those forms of leverage to 10x your, your wealth, like BJ was saying earlier. And so if you're able to do that, I think you're going to be very successful in the end right? as far as creating wealth is concerned. And, and like... the. So there's a great story. I, I think it's in Four Hour Work Week, but it's like th- this man is a Harvard-trained businessman who goes on vacation to Spain, right? And there he's in this tiny village, and there, there's this man in Spain where he, uh, the man goes fishing every morning, catches some fix, fish, and then goes home, hangs out with his friends. Are you, you, laughs, dances, listens to music parties, and then goes to sleep and wakes up the next morning and fishes some more. And the, 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 man, the businessman sees this old man fishing. He's like, what do you, how, how many fish do you catch? And he's like, uh, enough. And then the man's like, well, I'm a Harvard MBA. What you should do is you should stay out there fishing for longer so you can get more fish and then sell the fish and make more money. And then once you have the money, you can uh, hire some people to help you get a bigger boat, get more boats, control the fleet, and then just have keep on fishing and get a massive amount of fish and then start a fish company where you ship the fish worldwide. And uh, then eventually you'll IPO and you'll become a billionaire. And, and the man, old man's like, then what? Well, then you can stay at home, fish a little every morning, hang out with fa- friends, dance and party, and then go to sleep and do the same thing the next day, right? That's the, the guy is living his life retired, basically, earlier. Like, it's the same thing he would be doing in his retirement earlier. And, and that's what sort of le- leverage scales like that. Le- leverage allows you to work while you sleep. But if you, if you can live the life you want, like, if you have everything you want in terms of like financially, uh, all, all the needs you feel like are met, do whatever you want. You don't have to work anymore. You can uh, um, you can only do what you find fun. Like, and that's the benefit that sort of leverage provides. That you, it's not going to be where, where a lawyer might be. You know, tied down to working and trying to make money. It, if you can make money doing what you love, even if it's fishing, right? That's the best thing you can get. And that's really where a lot of the best ideas come from is just people doing what they love because that's their passion 
That's where they can focus and study and learn the most. And that becomes something that no one else can do. That's how they specialize. They specialize in something they're passionate in and something that everyone else wants. And that's really the definition of specific knowledge. It's what society is going to pay you for specific knowledge, which is you being able to provide it what it wants, but doesn't know how to get yet. And so whether that is, oh, I want to connect with all my friends. Oh, well, Facebook's done that. I want to be able to shop from home. That's Amazon. If you want to find any websites in the world, that's Google. But if you can figure out that specific knowledge and figure out what skills you need to be able to provide something that the world doesn't quite know how to get, you're going to be extremely valuable and people are going to pay you a ton. So the goal here with specific knowledge is to find positions that you're extremely good at. Like you need to be able to provide value to society, but you need to be able to provide value to society by staying true to who you are as an individual, right? And Naval says this in the book, he says, no one will be a better BJ than BJ, right? Like I can't beat BJ at being himself. Like that's impossible, right? Because he has different skill sets and a different personality than I do, right? So me trying to be him would be extremely difficult. And the the same goes the other way around. He's not going to beat me at being myself, right? That is just not going to happen. And so what we need to do is we need to use the specific knowledge that we've gained over our life. And specific knowledge could be something like sales skills. Like I I used to work at a running store and I was able to learn how to sell the the sport of running. I've been running for a long time. So it's something that I'm very passionate about. And I'd say that being able to sell specifically in running is some specific knowledge that I've gained over my life. That's not something I could really sit down and, and teach you, right? It's, it's something that you're going to have to learn from some sort of like mentorship or apprenticeship. Uh, I think Naval says that the only way specific knowledge is learned is through mentorships, apprenticeships, or off on your own in the wild, right? With a bunch of trial and error. And so what you need to do at the end of the day is find what you're good at, find what you're passionate about, because generally what you're passionate about will sort of tie into what your specific knowledge actually is. In in pursuit of chasing what you love, generally speaking, you'll gain specific knowledge. And you need to combine all these together, find how you're going to be able to give value to society and then do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, It was definitely specific knowledge is from your genuine curiosity and passion rather than what's hot right now. That's straight from Naval's own words. It's also has to be something that someone else can't be trained for because if it's trained, then society knows how to provide it, which is why, yeah. You got to learn through practical experience, apprenticeships, learning from people. I mean, Warren Buffett allegedly went to his mentor and said, I'll work for free. And the guy said, I think it was something Grant. That's too much. Yeah, yeah. He, you're was, was it Was it Charlie Munger? It, or no, that was just his training partner, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, 
I forget who yeah. it was. But I, I, he said I that. Think, I feel like it's Adam Grant or something. That name came to my head. Benjamin Graham. Benjamin Graham. Way off. That that sounds right. Benjamin Graham. Fantastic. Okay. But so, and, and that might be what you do. Like, if you can afford it, working for free for you with the person you want to become, whether the closest you can be to that person, the more beneficial be. Whether that's Mark Cuban or Gary V or whoever, if you can figure out how to just like get in the building and have the opportunity, like that was in Thinking Grow Rich. The guy showed up and he's like, hey, I I want to be your business partner, Edison, right? But he started off, he didn't start off as the business partner. He just got in the building and then he was just waiting for an opportunity. And then when everyone was like, yeah, that invention's not going to sell. He's like, I'll sell it. And then that's how he became the business partner. Edison was selling the thing that no one else thought was an invention that could be sold. And so if you can, you know, for you or whatever, show up at some place, get really close to someone that you want to be like, that has done the things that you want to do, that's a fantastic way for you to acquire specific knowledge. Learn directly from the best. And a lot of times acquiring specific knowledge isn't going to feel like work to you. It's probably not supposed to. It's supposed to feel like fun, but everyone else will see it as work. Like, I'm sure this podcast a lot of people seems like a lot of work. Really, I think it's pretty fun. Like, there are some aspects that are like work, but most of it, just talking and reading books, that's... I think this is us acquiring specific knowledge right now. And it's going, most of the time, specific knowledge is going to be super creative or super technical. So coding, super technical, a podcast or talk show like this is going to be more creative, creating YouTube videos like, who can replace Mr. Beast? Like, see, I mean, apparently there was a massive market for recreating his videos in other languages, right? Just who can copy. Oh, yeah. Maybe because, so much. But he he has expanded his videos to multiple languages, so that's probably disappeared almost all, entirely. But like even now, you, you can see that there's a ton of super creative people that come up with these great ideas. They build their brand. They grow following doing it. And, and then following them, there's a ton of other people who are like, oh, let's do the same thing. But those people never achieve the same success despite they're doing the same thing because the other person was accountable. They stamped their name on everything that they did. They branded it. They made sure that they took accountability for the successes and failures of their works. And now everyone knows, hey, that style of video, the, the, those videos where he does insane things, that's what Mr. Beast does. Anyone else who does it, oh, they're just copying Mr. Beast. E- even the copycats, despite while they're trying to build their own brand, they're really building up the other person's brand. Right? It's a callback. Like, oh, that's exactly like what, like what Mr. Beast does. Does he have a video like this? And they'll see the one video by this group and then go back to the original, back to the OG that really, really is behind the super technical with super creative aspects of it. So th- that is really... So when, you're, when you have specific knowledge, you need to be authentic. 
And then when you're building wealth, you need to be accountable and hold yourself up to that. And with accountability, doing every single thing, every business decision, everything in public under your own name is going to help with that accountability. Like BJ and I are doing this under our own names <laughs> and hopefully uh, it, it works out for the better. I, I personally think it will. But making those decisions under your own name out there in public for everybody to see is really going to hold you true to, to everything you're saying at the end of the day. Naval says that every business decision that he made was under his own name, was out there for everybody else to see. And all the good things, all the good decisions that he made under his name kind of compounded on top of each other. And it made him a pretty credible, prestigious person to make deals with in the end. And he said that definitely helped in, in his career. And so if you are out there for everybody else to see, you want to make sure you're doing it under your name. So that way you're holding yourself accountable for those failures. Cause if you're doing it like anonymously, then that sense of accountability is probably not going to be there nearly as much as it would otherwise, I guess. Right. Right. And for some of these people, like Musk's, if, if Musk lost all of his money, like he just evaporated, how many, how, much, how many people would be like, hey, here's a ton of money, double it for me, and you can keep whatever you make on top of that? Like, he would oh, get yeah, for sure. half a billion in cash just because everyone knows he is someone who can make a company and do insane things with the right resources. So... I mean, who isn't going to stand behind that person? That's because they've been accountable to the works. When, I mean, Musk has stepped into so many different spheres, being a complete beginner and then risen up to the top just by learning himself. I mean, going from uh, PayPal software to Tesla cars and rockets with is just rather than software's engineering and then um, astrophysics. Like, he, he taught himself astrophysics. It gets more complex. Yeah, and then now he's doing, like, Neuralink and biology mixed with, like, bioengineering tech, whatever. Like, all these other fields that no one else can be the top in, but he can do it because he's been willing to do it under his own name and then scale from there and build up this sort of personal brand. And a brand is super, super powerful. It's how media scales, it's the network effects that all lead up to you being someone that's reputable. That So even if you're taking risks when you're being accountable, which most things, if they're going to provide wealth, they also have the risk of not providing wealth, right? But, or providing money, I should say. But if you take those risks under your own name and you're ethical, even in your failures, if you, you know, if your company's failing and you protect your investors rather than kicking them out for the chance that the company might succeed or something, like people will remember those and, and that reputation for, oh, you're a good person to do deals with, that reputation is going to scale and become great things. And that's really the brand you're trying to build. It's, to start with why. Well, what is your why for what you're trying to do with your life? And then 
Like, Musk is trying to change humanity, change the world, like, in crazy, insane ways. And so he's built up that brand, and even without advertising, Tesla is doing great things because most people, they're not buying into Tesla's brand. They're buying into Elon Musk's brand, which is tied to Tesla. And yeah. it's more about that why than anything else. Like, does, we, we changed our logo, right, recently. We think it looks a lot better because we wanted that logo to reflect how hard we worked on this, where the other one was something we threw together in a couple of seconds. This is one that we more put more thoughts and effort into. And so we wanted to that to reflect our uh, effort, but it, branding is not really about the logos and slogans as much as if that was easy, then, you know, making it's really that logo and slogan and name is going to be built up by what you do and why you do it. And talking about why you do it, like at founders ascent here, like the mission is to really just share stories about other founders. And the goal is to, to share them to inter innovators, but not only just current innovators, future innovators, because I think a, a lot of you guys out there want to start. You guys want to, you, you have that desire, which is great. It just, it, it then becomes transmitting that into execution and actual physical ideas, which is very difficult because again, with accountability, you have to do that under your own name, right? And a lot of us are scared to do that. We're, we're scared of that failure. But at the end of the day, if you go out there and you try and fail. I think that's better than the entrepreneur that has the idea, but was too afraid because they were scared of the actual, they were, they feared the failure. And I, I don't know where this came from. I think it was from the alchemist, but yes. oftentimes the fear of failure is actually worse than the failure itself. I, that is from the alchemist, yes, right? Yes, I, I was just thinking of the alchemist as well. Yeah, you, you remind me of the gl glass merchant, right? Who wanted to go to Mecca, but when he was finally able to go to Mecca, he didn't because he was worried about his dream becoming true. That, that what would he have to live for if his dream became true? Which I don't think you should be concerned about because you always will be able yeah, to find... Yeah, that's sad. yeah. You'll be able to find some other passion to pursue. It might take a second, but if you you should focus on achieving a dream. And pro so, Naval talks about this, and I and I think if you're just starting out, reading a whole ton of Naval stuff and listening to what he has to say is an awesome introduction and sets you off in the right path. If you're concerned about doing stuff wrong and making mistakes, one, you're guaranteed to do stuff wrong and make mistakes. But starting with Naval at least means you'll be in the right mindset of long-term, where do I want to end up? What, what do I want to be? What do I want to focus on? But uh, one of the things that... Uh, uh-oh, train of thought. Oh, no. Um, it's... One of the things Naval has said is that... Uh, 
You forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Where was I headed with it? It was one of the things Naval said was this was from the Joe Rogan podcast. It was that. Oh, 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 yes. The definition of uh, desire is that you're going to suffer until you get it, right? That I want this thing and I'm going to suffer and work for it until I get it. Yeah, it's a, it's desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you get what you want. That's exactly that's what he said. That's exactly what I was looking for. And so um, right. if you have too many desires, that's just going to be a, a ton of suffering, right? You really do need to focus on achieving one thing at a time. It's not that you have to drop everything else. It's that you really should have one main focus and then everything else is just whatever happens, happens. But this is my thing. And there are, and there are ways to be able to do more things and still have it be one desire and still sort of have that peace. But if you really... I really would recommend doubling down and focusing and specializing because that's how specific knowledge, if you're applying all your specific knowledge and all your leverage and all your accountabilities to the same thing, like that's when you're going to experience the biggest success. If you have six different things running and one of them fails and you can just be like, oh yeah, that one failed, but let's forget about that one. Here are the five that I do, right? That's not being accountable. You, you need to be, hold on to that sixth one if you're going to do all six and be accountable for all six. if and, and the other thing is that because of how leverage scales, if you focus the media and the code and all your people and all the factories and technology you have available, all your leverage into one thing, that thing's going to scale massively. And then that's going to give you access to more resources like this in particular capital and people, but uh, maybe you'll get some better code, maybe you'll get some better media. Well, you probably will get better media coverage from other people being like, check out this guy, what he's doing. And then that will allow you to pursue your other things. Like, I, I mean, look at Mark Cuban. He has a massive brand and a lot of money. And so he's able to go into all sorts of different businesses through like Shark Tank, but also like his cost plus drugs and all his other businesses. No one bats an eye at him going into those other businesses. But if you're a person just starting out and you go into six different businesses, you're probably not going to experience the same success. And you really do need to focus on one, develop your business sense for that one. And then the other ones, you can, even if that one continues to print you money, you can aut automate it and have someone else that you trust, that you've built up those connections over time, run it or whatever else, right? You're right. And I think as we wrap up here, I, I want uh, to say this first. Naval says this in the book. He says, when you're finally wealthy, you'll realize it wasn't what you were seeking in the first place. But that's for another day. And you're going to, to chase this wealth, right? You're going to. I think even almost regardless of what you're told by other people, other people that have made it that are extremely wealthy, even though they may, oftentimes may say that it's not going to make you happy, I think you're going to chase it regardless. And it's, I guess you could say it's an important first step. There are other things that you're probably going to want to chase after that, like, like health and happiness. But wealth, you could say, is 
a step to get you in the right direction. There are people that say money is the root of all evil. I don't agree with that statement. I don't think money in and of itself is evil. I think Naval says this. He says, lust for money is bad. I agree with that. I don't think money is innately an evil thing. I think the evil comes from our own perceptions of money. Okay. And you need to make sure that you're not having those those bad perceptions of it and because money can allow you to do great things right it'll get you freedom remember cody aiden said the most important thing he values is freedom which i think a lot of entrepreneurs value freedom right which is i mean we could talk about leverage and all that things that help you get freedom but just know that chasing wealth isn't necessarily a bad thing. You just need to to make sure you're not having that corrupted view of it. I guess. Right. All all money really is is IOUs from society. It means oh, you provided value for me, so someone else in society can fulfill that IOU. Right. Yeah. Absolutely pursuing money. I I think if you have the desire to build something great and. A desire to make a lot of money, then you're going to pursue that irregardless of what anyone says, just because you're going to do it. But the most important thing I think is just gratitude. If you can't be grateful for what you have now, you're not going to be grateful for what you have in the future. It's never going to be enough. And so if you can be grateful, but also find a way to be hungry and still hustle and work every day, even though you're so thankful for what you already have right now, and this is like, it's sort of that it's almost like a paradox where you have to you know constantly be after more but be happy with what you have now and that's hard yeah it's extremely difficult and and if you can have that sort of both simultaneously that that is what's really going to make a fantastic person like i mean that that scales super well no matter what you have you're always happy for what you have but you always are going for more. And I think that really comes from your specific knowledge feeling like play. When, when, when you're exercising your specific knowledge, it feels like fun. And so even, even though everyone else thinks, oh, you're working super hard, you, you're just doing what you love. You don't care that you also happen to be making a ton of money, right? Because you don't need any more of that money. You just want to do what you find fun, which is building things at scale and maybe building a legacy. And that's what's important to you. But I mean, that's really how you're going to become wealthy by uh, sort of having this leverage, specific knowledge, accountability, all these things, and then being grateful, grateful for the wealth that you acquire, grateful that you can sleep and make money and for all this opportunity and all the abilities you have. And I mean, it would be incredible. Like, and because at the end of the day, really, you're probably not chasing wealth. If you were born with a crap ton of money, I I don't know that you would feel fulfilled by that. Probably not. I wouldn't. Yeah. What you're really chasing is you want more the adventure of becoming wealthy. You you want that story. You want, you know, you, 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 want, you want the success in the end. You want it to be a happy story, not a tragedy. But you, you, I, I think 
this is so I played Dungeons and Dragons. I got a nice poster back there, and like in Dungeons and Dragons, the uh, main storyteller, the dungeon master that prepares the quests, he could give all of them a ton of money at the very beginning. Like it could be, hey, here's everything you want. You want a magic item? Done, done, done. You know everything. But the, when people come to the table, they aren't after fictional gold and fictional magic items. They want to tell a story and they want to slay the dragon and they want to have fun solving problems and it meaning something. And I think that's really what most people want from life. It's not money or status or health or happiness almost. It's pursuing those things is what makes it fun. Like, I, I guess, well, one other thing to sort of wrap it up is... uh that uh, this almost our conversation about wealth has almost stretched into like life in general and like the meaning of life which i mean it, yeah it kind of does that that's naval has that effect and like he's yeah. mentioned he mentioned that he was thinking about this question which he called a stupid question but like what is the meaning of life and the way he explained it was if i said X is the meaning of life, whatever X is, fill it in with your favorite. Your response would immediately be Y. And then if you said something else, it would be Y. And then I said something and Y and Y and Y. And you would just continuously be asking, Why is this the meaning of life? And looking for some deeper meaning. Right? And so. It's not, that's not a very useful answer. If no matter what answer you get for the meaning of life, the answer is always why. So I, I think what he said the actual answer was is because. Like when a, parent, when a kid's going why, 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 asking all these questions, how they ended is by going because and then walking away, right? Yeah. That's the answer. And so that's sort of the perspective you can have on life and building up this wealth. It's not about, you know, this one thing is going to solve your life and make it a success. And that this one thing is going to be the thing that makes your life meaningful, whatever. No, but you should be pursuing things. You should have desires, probably one desire and focus on that and do great things. And so if that great thing you want to do is wealth, then you should be, that's a great place to start because building wealth is not luck. It's not something you do. It's a skill that you can acquire by applying leverage, specific knowledge, and accountability. Those three things is what really make up building wealth as a skill. Mm -hmm. And ending off here, just final note is you should, at the end of the day, you should do something like for its own sake. Like I'm a runner like I used to think that I, I ran because I was chasing some time or some, some feeling or something like that. But at this point, I, I think it, I run because I find enjoyment in just going out there and just pounding out the miles with friends, you know, like I, that's really what it's come to. Like, that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. I do it for its own sake. I don't do it for the times or anything like that anymore. Like what I used to think. I do it for its own sake. So if you could find something where you could benefit society, right, where you're doing something for its own sake, 
you're doing it because you find personal enjoyment. Like Elon Musk, he's not waking up every morning to make a bunch of money. He's waking up every morning because he wants to get people on freaking Mars. Like, you know, like that's, that's why he's doing it. Like he's doing it for its own sake. He's not doing it for anything else. He's not doing it for the money. He's not doing it for the status, the prestige or anything else like that. He's doing it for its own sake. So if you're able to do that, combine your specific knowledge, leverage, and have accountability, right? I think you're going to be fine in the end. So, Fantastic. I think that's a great place to end off. Thank you so much for listening, yeah. everybody. Thank you for making it this far. Be sure to leave a like and comment and subscribe if you like this stuff. Watch our other videos. We think uh, episode 8 was really fantastic. And episode mm-hmm. 10 with Cody Aiden. Check out that one. Check out his book. Check out Naval. Check out his book. Really awesome guy. And we will see you all next week, Tuesday at noon. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.